0: Hey everyone, we are back on the Sports Medicine Broadcast here from the Dragonfly Max Podcast Lounge in Las Vegas, NATA 2019. Alicia M. Pennington, your host, and also host of the Business Advantage. We have NATA president Tori Lindley with us today. And this episode is sponsored by Firefly Recovery, wearable recovery technology. And we are so excited to have you here. Uh, For any of the listeners that are watching live, if you wanna send us questions that you might have, we can um, try to sneak those in, but we've already got a lot of questions in a tight timeline. So we will do our best. But if you want to send those in, we will we will try to squeeze you in. Tori, first year as president. How's it going?
1: Alicia, <laughs> thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. This
1: is great. Look at this place.
0: I know, it's incredible. Wow. Uh, how many how many attendees are here? Do you know?
1: We're just over thirteen thousand. We'll have we'll have total 13, numbers. Yeah, later on, probably this evening. We'll talk about that tomorrow at the okay. general session, which yeah. is gonna be unbelievable.
0: I'm excited. Yeah.
1: So thanks for the invitation. Thanks yeah. for like, giving me the chance to be Absolutely. here. I'm We're excited I'm so excited that you're hosting this. The, uh, I guess the question was year one. It's been an incredible year. It really yeah. has in, in a lot of different ways. We have the most dynamic board of directors who are so committed to this profession. Yeah. So they're doing some amazing things on behalf of the profession. Our committees, uh, I can't even tell you the kind of work that they're doing. Yeah. Uh, 29 committees strong. Every setting. Yeah. You said 29 communities. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, every setting represented. We're trying to be more intentional about the conditions that we treat in addition to just thinking about the settings that we treat. Sure. And so those types of initiatives come up um, more often than they have before. Right. Clinical specialization has been a huge mantra of the strategic alliance. The alliance between the BOC, the NATA, the KD, the NATA Foundation is as strong as it's ever been. So. Those are some of the ways in which we have a chance to succeed. Yeah. All those people dedicated and kind of working toward common goals and missions. Uh, but I would say, from a, an accomplishment standpoint, that um, you know the turn of the year, the calendar year, uh-huh. brought a really incredible and hopefully transformational collaborative agreement between NATA and APTA. Right. Really talked uh, specifically about what's going on at practice, very often interprofessional care, which side-by-side ATs and PTs do amazing things together, Um, as professions, we haven't always necessarily chosen to see things eye-to-eye. So this is an opportunity where maybe before there was a wall, we have a door now. We expect that door to remain open, and we expect that the national level of collaboration uh, will have some effect on some of the ways in which ATs are practicing at the state level. So that's, that's definitely one accomplishment yeah, of site. Yeah,
0: uh, right before you, we had Sue Falzoni on here. Yeah. And, and we talked a lot about that, about the the synergy between athletic trainers and physical therapists and the unique opportunity in front of us now as a result of that kind of dual statement. And the, the um, it seems like the relationship that we're trying to build to walk kind of, you know, step in step with them. So that's really cool.
1: Yeah, we have so many uh, similarities in our in our organization. So many of the same challenges that we're learning about. Mm-hmm. So we know that there's ways to collaborate, but we really want ATs to be put in the very best positions that they can in healthcare and practice at the top of their skill set. And yeah, the reality is we've had a, a, a decent history of state level um, disagreements on what that sounds like, looks sure. like, and what that should be like in paper. Uh, but we know that now with a communication line open now, we have a chance.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And so sort of the theme that I've noticed from uh, at least these beginning parts of your uh, presidency has been advocacy. Yeah. And so what does the everyday athletic trainer need to know about activism and, and and advocacy?
1: Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. We each have an individual responsibility first to advocate Agreed. for the profession. Um, I'll go a step further and say we have an individual need to advocate for ourselves have have the kind of we have pride in what we do right have an outward level of pride and understand that you are representing a healthcare profession by Mm -hmm. every action that you take in your clinic in your athletic training facility every single day no doubt it starts with professionalism the way that we look the way that we behave the way that we communicate uh, the way that we push ourselves and drive ourselves clinically to be the best clinicians that we can be not to settle um, to understand our importance in Interprofessional care, knowing who our physicians um, are to hook, hook a wagon to, right. knowing other providers that can help us achieve our goals from a healthcare perspective. So all those things lead into if you take care of yourself first, if you look like healthcare individually, yes. Then the advocacy thing almost happens because people are paying attention. Yeah, collectively saying, it kind of right. takes
0: care of itself, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah.
1: one by one is it's really important, and then we certainly want initiatives. To stimulate some of that advocacy right. in so many different ways, and and we're really proud of some of those initiatives so far and how they've had traction in 2018 and 19.
0: Yeah, and we'll get into those in a moment. I'm curious, what's your overall goal for the advocacy push?
1: We have a couple of north stars. I, I can't necessarily say that it's a me thing. In fact, yeah. I know it isn't. So you know, as a board and as a profession, and, and really unified among those 29 committees, is the the idea and the thought that. There's some, there's some seminal things that still exist out there. We, sure. we as a profession need CMS recognition, mm-hmm. and we need that for many more reasons than just billing. Right. We need that for the kind of acceptance and recognition that uh, exists in healthcare that we haven't quite achieved yet. Sure. And so to say that it's one thing that's going to get us there, absolutely not. I, I haven't even stopped to count, but yeah. when we hear reports like we do during board meetings this week, we hear different areas, different departments different ways in which the membership organization has invested in the profession and how that's paying dividends, a lot of different arrows continue to point towards CMS recognition and what a new frontier that would provide for every athletic trainer regardless of setting. So that's an important place for sure. We cannot ignore salaries. We can't ignore salaries from our opportunity to grow salaries. That's done through um, new settings. That's done through improved work, environments in our existing settings right and that's also done by looking very specifically at the gender gap in salary and, mm-hmm. and do we have ways in which sure society has the same issue exactly but we can't accept a ten thousand dollar salary right. gap between uh genders um, without looking into what our potential opportunities might be right so there's a lot of things that are pointing in the right direction that we're really excited about
0: I do want to take a moment to um, beat a drum there in relation to the CMS. Uh, in our board meetings, um, you know, and in, in, in my committee meetings, uh, yesterday, uh, the push for NPI numbers, and um, I'm just going to take a moment to plug that in right here because thank you. It's not, it's not just about 30 part, third party reimbursement, which is a uh, a misunderstanding, um, but really is it, it is about recognition. It's about representation for athletic trainers who have worked to have worked as hard as they have to become a professional and to remain a professional and to potentially not be counted simply because they don't have an NPI number. It's free. It's easy to get. You do it once. You never have to do it again. Um, so I'm just going to say, if you're listening, you don't have your NPI number, please go get it. It's not just about you. It's for the profession. I think that that's one small way that we can advocate for our colleague, for our friends, even if we personally, we don't think that we will never benefit from it. It's not about that. It's a way to push the prope- the profession forward, and I'm a I'm a big advocate for rising tide raises all boats. So help rise the tide, guys.
1: <laughs> preach, preach. <laughs> I, I couldn't have said it better. What yeah. I'll add is it, it it's our only opportunity to be counted in healthcare. Mm. It's our census. So I'm I'm um, I'm sure that you know your your mansion, Alicia, overhanging a cliff in Malibu, um, <laughs> it, it puts you in the city of Malibu, which means. If you need to be counted as a resident of Malibu, I'm making all this up. Yeah. You are a part of that census. No doubt. If you're not counted, then why even
0: be there? What's the, yeah. Right. Well, and here's the thing you're paying property taxes to be there. Amen. Right? And we're all earning our keep around here, and yet we're not counted. So. Everybody's pay their property taxes. Go get counted on the census. Let's do it. <laughs> so let's talk about some of those um, current NATA initiatives. Own Your Impact mm-hmm. is the big one that I've seen. What does this look like to you? Talk to me a little bit about Own Your Impact.
1: Really proud of the way that athletic trainers have uh, taken this um, to heart and yeah. understanding that you know we're we're super humble as healthcare providers. Most healthcare providers, our athletic trainers certainly no different. Right. We like to work behind the scenes. We will always thrive behind the scenes, uh-huh. and yet we can still be humble and be bold enough to tell our story when yep. it makes sense to have our story told. And so everyone has a, an opportunity through social media yeah. to write their own narrative, right. to decide what they want to promote in terms of the impact they're having. Um, within healthcare talk about successes talk about patient care talk about ways in which you're doing unique things yeah they don't have to be unique though they just need to be the things that you're doing because to a mom or a dad or anyone in the public who maybe doesn't understand athletic training maybe doesn't understand the differences and where we live in healthcare maybe doesn't fully understand what type of role we play yeah Um, you never know what type of instagram or tweet or post yeah. on facebook yep. can do to tell that story then of course there's opportunities with the media sure. that we forever have missed to reach out and extend hey we've got a a great opportunity to show you how our high school uh, attacks every single saturday afternoon women's soccer game to yeah. tell you about the way that our healthcare system is set up to manage emergencies to right. manage orthopedic injury to manage illness and tell that story, the story that most parents probably wouldn't know. So there are many examples in the yeah. way that athletic trainers have owned their opportunity to step from behind the curtain yep. uh, to, to, as it says, own your own impact, yeah. uh, but to make that individual difference, which absolutely has a collective impact.
0: And I want to I want to point out a few things there. Um, first of all, there's this thing called the humble brag, yes, right? Exactly. So <laughs> there is such thing as having uh, as being humble and still you know bragging about yourself. Um, but also the distinction between humble and humility, right? right? So um, we can operate with humility while still demonstrating and advocating mm-hmm. and um, showing everybody what it is that right. we do. Um, and the other point I wanted to make is that. What you pointed out, this idea that, well, what I do isn't different or isn't unique or isn't special. Um, that is something that permeates a lot of spaces, media, um, all, all of them. What I hear you saying, the point that you're making is even if you don't think that it's different or unique or mm-hmm. special because you see all the athletic trainers doing it. Mom doesn't know that that's what the athletic trainer does. So it is unique for all those external stakeholders, right? right? So broadening that audience outside of just talking to ourselves and showing other people what it is that we do on an everyday basis.
1: Yeah, athletic trainers say all the time, boy, it's just so frustrating that all people think I do is tape ankles and that is really, and and fill coolers. And okay, then do something about it. What, tell, what are
0: you doing to demonstrate otherwise? Tell your story. So yeah. there's the
1: external piece that we want ATs to own their impact. Yep. Then there's what I would call a bit of a somewhat internal, meaning the way in which you advocate for yourself, like we talked about earlier, yeah. is owning your impact on the value that you're having in your healthcare system. Right. And that value is either in, I mean, it's. I'm, I'm not going to give an inclusive list, but it's either in risk reduction or yep. risk mitigation. Yep. That has a huge value, huge impact, dollar yeah. and otherwise. Yeah. Or you're having an impact, you know, if you're in a in a situation where you're doing appropriate billing for right. your services. Right. So that is a story that often even our supervisors don't hear. Yes. If there's a financial bottom line, they do. Mm-hmm. But let's go back to the model where it's about risk reduction and risk mitigation. A lot of secondary schools, the vast majority of, of collegiate, Athletic trainers are in that type of model. Correct. So how often do we go to our medical directors or go to our supervisors and say, let me show you a list of the nineteen preventative risk reduction uh-huh. techniques that we put into place every right. single day with yeah. our women's basketball program? Yep. And I promise you they don't know that.
0: I would say again, things that aren't unique to us in our Correct. mind but are unique to the administration of an athletic department, are unique to a healthcare system because Uh, prevention isn't a recognized, isn't a recognized um, reimbursement code, right? Right. And and that's one of the things that does make us as practitioners unique. And so maybe in our mind, it's not something we should be talking about, but that's what you're saying is no, that is what, that's exactly what we should be talking about.
1: Yeah. It's, it's upstream stories that we don't tell. Everybody sees us doing amazing things downstream after the injury occurs. Mm -hmm. People don't hear nearly enough about what we're doing to prevent. Obviously, and it's not just a more than just prevention, yeah. It's performance enhancement. It's so many different ways yes. in which we partner with a number of different providers, yeah. in a number of different disciplines: um, sports nutrition, strength and conditioning, sports psychology. Yeah. Regardless of your system, um, and that's just within a uh, patient population of athletes. And there's certainly many more examples in other great settings that we have that are really prevention based. Just think about what's you know being done in in industry now with the industrial uh, worker and the industrial athlete and yep. the way in which that value is is. Absolutely incredible to consider mm-hmm. how much they're saving companies money. And so there are ways in which it's a bottom line where it's not a bottom line. And nobody yep. is going to speak up for you if you do not.
0: And and so, um, you know, I think part of what I hear you saying is, is it's about having the conversation. It's about changing behaviors within ourselves. So I think you've already touched on a few of them. But what are conversation starters that the everyday athletic trainer could use to approach um, a stakeholder, or just to, to to demonstrate in their own way what value it is that they hold, or what are what are behaviors that they could use to to bring this to life.
1: You know. From a behavioral standpoint, we have a chance to tell stories. You know, storytelling and linking to emotion versus fact is yes. is more sustainable than if we hand over a spreadsheet that identifies our, sure. our our cost savings. That is really important. We need to do the combination of the two. Mm-hmm. But when you have an opportunity on um, you know the industrial floor, on the sideline, in you, whatever your setting might be, to have brief elevator speech type conversations mm-hmm. where you're in that position and you've pre-populated. In your mind, yeah. the bulleted points. Absolutely. Maybe you've even practiced. I've stood in front of a mirror and I've practiced my elevator speech yeah. on our risk reduction program for ACL prevention. Yep. And it helped. And you connect it to a story, talk about an impact that it had on a particular patient. Right. That's going to be far, far different than I've mentioned before. So I'll go ahead and contradict myself. Then yeah. passing over a list of sure. 19 things that you do, tell a story. Yeah. So those are the passive, more organic opportunities yes. within and in, inside and out of each of our uh, healthcare systems. Then the other way that I would suggest is everybody gets a chance to be evaluated. Hopefully it's by another healthcare provider, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. there's a cyclical way in which these things should come up. Yeah, And you have a chance every time you're evaluated to advocate for yourself through a self-evaluation process and absolutely take the chance for self-assessment. That's how you become a better clinician. That's how quality improvement is started. Look at me first. So while you're doing that part of it is when you have that chance to to toot your own horn, have that humble brag and say, these are the things that we as an organization accomplished. And I am so proud to be able to demonstrate that through this annual evaluation process. Yeah,
0: I love that. That's a great example. And another example that I've seen you share, uh, I'm sure it was on Twitter, um, in in how kind of you step into the spotlight, which I think is a, a term that you kind of coined that embodies this idea of own your impact, is um, before games, you'll go up, introduce yourself to the referee. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know, you're at Northwestern. Mm-hmm. Um, so before games, you'll go up, introduce yourself to the referees, make sure that they know who the athletic trainer is, what an athletic trainer is. Do you have other examples of things that you've seen people share that are tangible ways that maybe people can even just latch onto and steal that as an idea for a, for a launching point for them?
1: Also fortunate to be in a setting where I have media on, especially on game day. And so the same type of conversation happens with our sideline reporters, uh, that's right. talking about the profession, but both are very, very important. The one you ex- gave as an example, as well as I
0: say—I may have misspoken and no, maybe they're your both tweet was they're about things that we do on a weekly mm-hmm.
1: basis. And, and that's critical because that's an influencer that will have sustainability yes. around what really our profession is all about. Yeah. And of course, you know, the things that you can do in a professional and polite way about the way that they describe our profession mm-hmm. as well. And They're there for a job. Any media member is. They want to be able to tell a story. Absolutely. They they will take and want and crave whatever information you can provide. So I kind of make a deal every time I have that conversation. I I talk about as long as you're able to uh, appropriately identify um, myself and our staff as healthcare providers, as athletic trainers, as advocates for uh, prevention, recognition, um, evaluation, diagnosis, treatment, go through the whole spiel of athletic injury, then I will find you and talk to you about player availability as soon as I possibly can. Yeah, I I I like it. I just Mm -hmm. make that deal, and I always follow through on that deal. Uh, But there are other ways, no matter where you are, even if you don't have a sideline reporter at your games, and even if you don't have that type of media member waltzing around, um, you know, uh, the performing arts uh, backstage, whatever, you know, whatever setting you're in, um, you're going to have connections. Yeah. One step or two steps away from the media. Sure, we don't initiate those types of things. Right, they're looking for stories to tell. <laughs>
0: they have content that they need to be putting out there on a regular basis. Absolutely, so especially give them a story.
1: Especially with so many electronic mediums as well. So, you know, and then there's then there's bloggers and there's you know there's ways in which uh, we can connect directly and reach out and and do that big advocacy mm-hmm. step that piece of um, you know ownership that we haven't done. Yeah. Uh, Very well. Um, So that's one way or two or three. But then the other thing is, uh, if we're preeminent injury experts, which we are, if there's ever an opportunity to talk about an injury report, talk about player availability, we typically see coaches in those conversations. Why is that not an athletic trainer? That's a really good point. It may not work at your institution. That may not be the choice, but at least have the conversation. Yeah and talk more effectively and appropriately. And the AT is always gonna do a better job about you know protecting the patient's Absolutely. confidentiality. So there's a, there's an opportunity as well.
0: That's awesome. So um, when I, I had mentioned that prior to this, uh, Sue zone was on and her and I could not stop commenting about how exciting of a time it is for athletic training. So I'm curious to hear, what are you most excited about moving forward in either in your presidency or, or um, with the profession, what are you looking forward to?
1: That's a really tough question. <laughs> there's, there's <laughs> Loaded so question. well, there's just so many things. I, 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 encouraged in our setting expansion. Encouraged in job quality improvements. Encouraged in the way that we have a real strong plan toward our. Legislative, which we've seen successes are mm-hmm. uh, federally, our legislative um, successes that we are going to see more and more of um, in the years to come with our improved relationship uh, with other outside uh, health or other allied healthcare organizations. Right. Um, the successes uh, in Washington state, in Oregon, in Colorado, um, just to name a few have yeah. been monumental for this year from a practice act standpoint. Yeah. So I, I think a, a couple of things that excite me is. When the AT is is given the opportunity to practice at the very top of their skill set, great things will always happen. And we have to work a lot harder at making sure that that's something that an AT can do yep. in all their settings. And so that has so many different offshoots, of course. Yeah. Uh, so that's super exciting. Really thrilled about how intentional the strategic alliance is being and how important, the level of importance that we're placing on... At globalization, athletic training and athletic therapy globalization, yeah. in ways in which it's um, it's reflective of athletic training, sure, not of other healthcare professions, and right. certainly not anything that is lesser than from right. a, from an educational yep. standards, from um, a level of expertise, and so to see that be so welcomed and so desired. In countries that don't have athletic trainers, yeah, or don't have anything like athletic trainers, right? Uh, is is really exciting to see? We've mm-hmm. just seen so much in the last eighteen months. Yeah. I can't imagine where we're going to be in five years.
0: I mean, when I, when you look at some of the military contracts, as yeah. just a simple example, um, so many athletic trainers being taken overseas in really meaningful and powerful ways. So that's cool.
1: Yeah, I mean, you hit on military. That's an exploding a whole area. other area. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Um, youth sports. Yep. The national governing bodies are falling in love with athletic trainers. Totally. We have a huge opportunity should. there. Middle schools. I mean, we can probably count on our 10 fingers how many ATs are in the middle schools. Yeah. And what kind of jobs they're doing. Awesome, awesome work with right. our middle school uh, aged children and athletes. And then let's just think college level and club sports and competitive sports and I mean, th- those are thousands of athletes. The
0: opportunity is endless. We have 7,000
1: students at Northwestern. 5,000 are involved in club or intramural sports. Wow. It's staggering. And yet incredible. we only have three athletic trainers managing their health care. So we can do better. And I know globally um, well, universally we can do better uh, from some of those settings as well as the settings that uh, we're just stepping into and have huge opportunities in emergency departments and telemedicine and, and who knows how that's going to go. So, like I said, the list is really, really long. Yeah. Um, I, too bad I wasn't here to listen to you and Sue go back and forth. Yeah, I about was going to say
0: it's funny that you talked about. Um the the top I forget the exact phrase you just said but the top Top of our skill skill set set, she literally said the exact same thing so you guys are reading from the same well Sue and
1: I realized recently that we share a brain so that part doesn't surprise me okay there you go Yeah. (laughs) yeah
0: um what else do you want the listeners the membership to know about the work that NATA is doing for them
1: Wow, that's a nice softball you just tossed yeah, up there! Yeah, here we go! All right, I love that. I appreciate <laughs> a big
0: that. one. Knock it out of the park!
1: Yeah, well, actually, if you just said, "What else do I want to add?" I would have gone that route. So the the reality of um, member value is at an all time high. Yeah, no one should ever question what their membership dollars are doing. Um, we have, as we
0: look around here and see this beautiful expo center and yeah, it's yeah, the it's, premier
1: it's... sports medicine event of the year. And what we want to do is to deliver on that to other providers you know other sports medicine practitioners Mm -hmm. uh, to make this the go-to for everybody Um, but back to member value let's face it uh, when you think about the legislative grants when you think about the third party reimbursement program that states can tap into when you consider the hundreds of thousands of dollars in new programming every single year that our committees come to the board of directors with really awesome projects and successes that is as you said before and I say it often raising the tide for all so for any athletic trainer out there that is not a member for any athletic trainer out there who knows someone who is not a member uh, get pissed yeah they're <laughs> mooching off of your membership dollars mm-hmm. and to think about how membership you know uh, is going up yes increasingly the dues have not gone up mm-hmm. and when you consider the the return on investment and what's being done every single day yeah. year to year, Uh, And we're talking, again, a million, 1.1 million dollars in new projects funded last year to push for AT advocacy, AT engagement, AT development. And we're seeing the results. So, um, again, membership value all time high. Uh, Every student should be a member. And then you're a lifetime member. Um, You start your career as an AT and you retire as an AT and you retire as an ATA member.
0: And you get your NPI number.
1: And you get your MPN number <laughs> as, a, as student, a student,
0: and then it stays with you also. Yeah,
1: sustainability.
0: Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, slash own your own impact if you want to go back and listen to this. This episode was sponsored by Firefly Recovery, wearable recover- recovery technology. Thank you, Tori, for being here. This was a phenomenal conversation. Uh, look forward to seeing everything
2: else that you do in your presidency.
1: You're the best. Thanks for the opportunity.
2: Absolutely. All right, what's up, y'all? We're adding on to the conversation that Alicia and Tori had. They were talking about advocacy. Um, I'm joined by Anthony Kinst- Jinstead, uh from Firefly Recovery. We talked to him way back in... Uh, PSATs in 2019 and so we're kind of going to get the update so welcome back to the sports medicine broadcast thanks for sponsoring this episode uh just real quick what is Firefly Recovery and then we'll talk a little bit more about what's yeah, changed
3: yeah sure thanks for having me by the way sorry yeah. about my voice I've been talking here at the meeting it's uh, been I a great meeting Glad to follow Tori. Um, Firefly is an actual medical device that was initially developed to prevent blood clots and reduce swelling in the post-operative surgical market. And we took the Generation 1 version of the medical technology, labeled it as an off uh, over-the-counter product, and we actually sell it into training rooms uh, for this concept of increasing blood flow to reduce recovery times, Um, and help with things like delayed onset muscle syndrome, et cetera.
2: So since we talked last time, you know, we kind of covered all that and some of the places that it's being used. What has changed for Firefly or, you know, maybe your clientele or what what new research has come out?
3: Uh, You know, nothing new. I think just what I'm experiencing with this community is just awareness. Um, I was actually just speaking to the um, BYU staff, and uh, uh, interestingly enough, they were referred by the Arizona staff. Who I spoke to about three years ago, and they looked at me like I had a third eye when I told them this little device did all these uh, things like reduce recovery rates, et cetera. And fast forward three years, um, Arizona trainers are now bringing by other trainers and saying, you have to use this technology. It's great technology. Here's how we're seeing it used in the training room. Here's what we're doing. One of the the, the softball uh, athletic trainers came over and said he's using it on the radial nerve to actually increase uh, microcirculation in the upper extremity for his pitchers and his catchers. Um, so I think people are finding other ways to use it, and I think they're just understanding more about what it actually does.
2: Very cool. All right, so you've also been around, you you know, been part of a lot of teams. I was talking to somebody today, um, and she was like, man, my, my legs are hurting, and... So we're like, hey, go go talk to Anthony over at Firefly because when you get in bed tonight, you can throw these things on. They'll help help your legs feel better because right here we're on our feet all day, standing, talking, and people are just exhausted. Yeah. And so just while you're chilling, of course, here you're in Vegas, so there's a lot of people that are not just going to go to bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until two in the morning. Yeah. Um, where do you, where are you most excited about going with Firefly, um, into into what market or what maybe what person, maybe some big. Yeah. You're
3: good, man. You're just doing this by the fly. I like it. Um, You know, it's interesting. Um, Fast forward three years at this company, I've been pulled in a lot of different directions and everybody kind of wants to tell you where your product should be used outside of what your focus is initially. But I think one of the big things for me has been um, military, military use with um, recovery. I didn't realize how elite our elite forces are really athletes um and and i always knew that but i didn't understand the opportunity for my product fitting in exactly what they're doing with travel etc another interesting um place i've been pulled into recently is um there's a company out there called Fly Flykit, F L Y K I T T dot com. They're new technology coming out, and um, they've figured out in the military how to uh, defer the effects of, of uh, uh, what's that called? Jet jet lag. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they've through their technology, they figured out how to conquer jet lag. And in combination, they're pulling my technology into their kits for you know reduced swelling on flights etc so I think international travel um, is going to be kind of my next goal I can't really go into the medical even though this commonly fits into a medical space of uh, diabetic neuropathy and all those type of things that's really for our medical division so I'm really trying to focus on this consumer based where they appreciate what uh, blood flow can do for things like recovery with travel.
2: So, do you feel like the adoption of the Firefly into the military has anything to do with the the recent increase of athletic trainers in the military? Do you think that, like, maybe athletic trainers pulled it over, or maybe it's just now that they're being seen by a more active healthcare provider that they're also pulling in this, like?
3: Yeah, you- good question. You know, um, I think it's this combination of performance recovery that I've uh, that I've seen. Um, <laughs> Uh, if you go into the military and you, you – you, you, I was just down with the Navy SEALs in um, in San Diego. They have a full performance team around them. That includes an athletic trainer, a physio, and really a, a you know this science director around performance. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got teams – and this is for the active Navy SEALs. And then the, the BUDs that they're trying to get in, they have a separate team for them. So I just think there's a lot more focus on – performance and performance recovery and all the aspects of performance and I definitely think athletic training is it's a really exciting uh it's interesting I had an athletic trainer come out to me and kind of like looking for a new gig and just all the opportunities that we traditionally think it's a training room or this but I think my background's orthopedic so now athletic trainers are being seen as physician extenders in clinics um, and really adding a role so much greater than what you would just not that being an athletic trainer isn't great, but there's so much more opportunity to expand off of that role. Um, so yeah, I've seen a lot of uptick in areas where I never would have thought, um, working again with athletic trainers where I didn't think that I'd be working with them.
2: All right, so real quick, my boys are actually watching live my own, my own personal children. Yep. So Jonah, Sam, G, hi, love you guys. All right. <laughs> I, and so nice uh, we, we were we were talking about um, the devices and John Seco which you, you know we met you at, at PSATS. yep and you gave us a pair to try on and he said he said he's he's loved using them for his patients for uh, like with ankle sprains and things like that and so he's been getting a really good um, use out of those so other than recovery have you you, know, you mentioned the the, the bicep yep. so what other things do you feel like or have you heard of people using them for?
3: So so this is where I always get challenged because technically this isn't a medical device, even though the technology came from medical. So it's hard for me to cross the line and really even say this product reduces edema. But I can say it's really good for that. Um, Um, so all the things that you would think circulation and increased venous return would be good for, um, I can talk to you about recovery, pretty deep recovery with travel. But the, I would tell you that anecdotally, a lot of my athletes come back to me and say, Hey, Anthony, I use this for recovery, but my itis went away and my trainers are starting to really use them for things that make sense where blood flow, will help, like, you know, I've even had uh, a couple trainers come back and say, hey, use this on compartment syndrome, and it helped the athlete tremendously. I've used this on ankle sprains, and my players got back two days earlier. So I think I can't guide, but I can anecdotally tell you that where you think blood flow would work well, um, for things, this product is, is, is moving blood better than any other technology that I'm aware of. I hope that answered the question. Yeah,
2: yeah I mean, you know, it's basically, here's what it's used for and then apply that however you feel like it's because just like you said athletic trainers are kind of changing their setting you know but you're also you're working with you have regular meetings with nfl mlb uh mls and you know all those things and so you're seeing those athletic trainers who are really really using those um tell me about just a fun story that you've had or, or somebody you've been really excited to be able to meet because of your dealings with firefly
3: you know, I um, recently, a couple of things I got coming up that's pretty exciting for me actually personally, is um, the Oregon uh, Nike Running project. Um, I had them reach out to me a couple weeks ago and say, hey, we've got an athlete. Um, that just came off Achilles uh, tendon surgery. Um, and we're, he's getting back to his mileage, He's getting ready for the Olympics and, and we're doing all sorts of modalities after he runs because he gets a lot of swelling around his ankle, um, post running, um, everything from ice and compression and all this. And, and they're asking me for my opinion. And I was like, wow, like I shouldn't be giving my opinion. Like, I don't know you know a lot but this is what i know about my product i and i said what i hear a lot of times from training rooms is they never know what is working because they're throwing so many things at it and i said could you do me a favor and just throw the firefly at it for three days four hour increments post running just use the firefly and let's talk in three days and figure out how you felt about it and they bought six cases yesterday or day before so yeah, I mean it's 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 working at those levels um TB12 Tom Brady's uh uh project. I'm meeting with them in Boston in 2 weeks. Um, They love the technology. Um, I don't know if I'm even supposed to say that, but I just have a lot of cool things happening behind the scenes where I'm super confident about where I'm going now with the product. Two years, three years ago, I wasn't. I go into training rooms. Everybody look at me like I'm selling snake oil. And now it's starting to grow and get some traction and, and some really influential people are starting to see the value. So it's been good. Very
2: cool. So Anthony, Jenstead, Firefly Recovery. Now the social media... Was slightly confusing last time, so can you tell me again? Instagram for Firefly. Yeah, yeah, it's
3: confusing. So the mothership, the company, the main company, still has their website and based in the UK. So I have my own, but it's actually reversed. So it's www.firefly or recoveryfirefly.com. Sorry again, <laughs> www.recoveryfirefly.com. But the Instagram um, post is Firefly Recovery. Um, so yeah, I'd love to have anybody hit me up and ask me questions and I do my own social media. So I'm answering all those questions and getting a lot of connections via that way. So I'd love to have somebody reach out. All
2: right. So Google Firefly Recovery or Recovery Firefly and see where that leads you. Uh, Anthony Jin said, or this is sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash own your impact. Since we've been following Tori and Alicia on, on their, uh, On their deal there. So for Jeremy Jackson, Anthony Jinstead, Alicia Pennington, Tori Lindley, and the Sports Medicine Broadcast live at the Podcast Max, uh, Podcast Lounge, live at the (laughs) Dragonfly Max Podcast Lounge at NATA 2019, that is a wrap. Thanks, Anthony. Thanks.
3: Appreciate you having me.